0: inside
1: sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h brown and associates alberta injury lawyers go to jameshbrown.com
2: white night in the world of sports uh, national league american league battling in the major league baseball all-star game in seattle they're tied at one in the top of the fifth inning West Coast League action, Edmonton Riverhawks in action, taking on Kamloops. And Stingers will be in action two nights from now in C-E-B-L action as they will host the Saskatchewan Rattlers. And the Edmonton Elks will host the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Thursday. we got the game for you. Morley Scott, Blake Dermott, yours truly. And Brendan S. Scott will uh, take you through it, starting with the uh, countdown to kickoff at 5.30 and the opening kickoff at 7 o'clock. Man, uh, those, are,
1: those are some leagues that have some great team names that you just rattled off there, starting with the the Riverhawks <laughs> League. Yes. And then the CEBL, which some of the team names are just amazing. And then the CFL, who has always had, like, the legacy of awesome team names.
2: Well, you got the Cowlitz Black Bears of the West Coast League, where the Riverhawks play, and the Harbor Cats in Victoria, the Raptors in Ridgefield, and even the Riverhawks is a very cool name. Now, I wonder... If curling rinks had names, uh, what would Team Brendan Botcher be named? Uh, I wonder if we get a little insight from their fine third, Mark Kennedy, who joins us on the show. Mark, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Dave. I'm good, pal. How are you doing? (laughs) i'm doing great nice to nice to hear your voice again uh what would your team name be if you if you could decide it i know i'm putting you on the spot here but we're having a little fun here tonight
0: i have i have no idea but you take me back to a time in curling where teams did have names for a while i don't know if you remember those That's days That's right that merv bodnerchuk tried to yes. start a league in north america so you had uh think you had the anaheim earthquake was one of the teams um <laughs> I think Kevin Martin was the Edmonton, uh, I can't remember the name of that team, but they tried. They tried. It didn't really take off, as you can tell.
2: No, it did not. I believe they had an event at the Ice Palace, if I'm correct.
0: They did. They did. They had a big event at uh, West Edmonton Mall for a few years. So they they really tried to get a professional curling curling league going back in the, uh, I guess that'd be about the mid-90s
2: yeah, that's right. So the uh, things are a little bit better on the curling scene right now, so we don't need any of that stuff. so that <laughs> no, so that's good that's right, so that's right. Okay, so you're one of three ranks that pre-qualified for the Briar in 2024 in Regina. So uh, I mean, do I say congratulations? Uh, that's sure. awesome. Uh, what, what what's your reaction to that, that now that hey, you're you're in, man. Yeah, you know what we're we're excited. It's great. Um, you know, they've gone with the wild card format now
0: for a few years in an effort to get your best teams into the briar. Um, and the one thing we've argued for is to try to get the wildcard team selected a little bit earlier um, instead of, you know, a month before the briar. That way you can, uh, you know, you can market those teams a little bit better because, you know, they're going to be there. So that's, you know, marketing 101. It's good from a briar perspective. But also for those teams, um, you know, having a great season last year gets us in the briar for next year. And, and then we can plan accordingly, you know, our schedule and our training. We can work around um, trying to peak for that briar. And, uh, so for us and, and for most of the teams at our level, I think it's a really good thing that, um, that they've gone to this format.
2: Now it's, it's, uh, it's team botcher as uh, Matt Dunstone out of Manitoba is pre-qualified. And of course, uh, team Canada represented by Brad Gushu, who won last year. Uh, those are the three wings, And then a fourth team will be determined, like you say, a month out before the briar. So, uh, now this is going to be a dumb question, Mark, but this means you don't have to go to provincials, right? Yes, you got it, Dave. Yeah,
0: no provincials for us, so we don't have to fight it out with all the the great Alberta teams. Where uh, we just kind of get to sit back and watch, and um, somebody will come out of Alberta, and then a guy like uh, you know Kevin Cooley, he'll be in the running for that last wild card spot. So, um, you know, and that that brings another point up: if if you don't have Team Cooley and Team Botcher in the Alberta play downs you know it's going to open right. up an opportunity for a good young team to to potentially win their first provincial title so um this is good for a lot of reasons this helps get those best teams out of the provincials and already in the national championship which is
2: uh which is the way it should have been here for a long time so and like you said, it, it helps with training, with your training regimen and planning a schedule because um, obviously the concern that I would have is how do you peak, how do you make sure you're ready and that you're going to the briar with the right edge and the right focus and, and, and the right snarl, I guess, if I could say, uh, in, in lack of a better term.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, all that stuff, you know, we're, we're certainly going to talk about that as a team just to make sure that we're, you know, fresh, but also ready. Um, you know, you've got that killer instinct, but, you know, having been around a long time, I can tell you that it's, it's easier to prepare for those events when you do have a little bit of time to do so. You know, just knowing that we're in the briar already, you can kind of start to mentally prep for that as opposed to you know when the provincials are three weeks before yeah. the briar and you don't know if you're going to be there um you know and you give it everything you got for provs and then you weren't expecting to go to the briar so you may not be in the in the right mental mind uh, frame to win it so this way it just gives us a whole year to to plan with that being you know the number one event on our calendar and we can uh, plan accordingly and you know go there and play our best and win or lose now we, we have no excuses
2: yeah, maybe go back to when you did lose the final, the Alberta final to Kui, to because I think everyone thought it was going to be that, that, that your rink was going to be one of the wild cards. But until you know, you don't know. So what was that like right. losing and then not sure if you were going to be one of those teams, even though maybe yeah. you thought in the back of your mind, well, we will be.
0: Yeah, it's a, you know what? It was just a little bit strange. I think I think Kevin Cooey was in the same position too. That if he was to lose to us, he may have been a wild card team. So what you end up doing is you you end up watching all the points across the country and who's in what provincial finals, and it just it's kind of an unnecessary messy situation so this avoids that right there's there's only going to be one wild card team throughout the fall season um and three of us already know we're in so it's much cleaner it allows people to plan much better you know the, the provincials now know who their teams are going to be and who's not going to be there they can plan accordingly it's just yeah it's just way smoother i, I don't really see any negatives to this uh to announcing the teams here in the summer and you know on the men's side of things it's it, it's interesting your top three teams were were good Show Dunstone and ourselves. Um, and those mm. just happen to be your final three teams at the Briar. You know, um, that we were the ones that collected the most C T R S points throughout the season. So these formats are finding a way of getting your top teams into your national championships and, and same thing on the women's side and um, you know, in our in our in curling Canada's quest to, to get more medals internationally, I think it's it's important that the top teams are at your national championships and have a chance to, to compete for Canada.
2: Joined by Mark Kennedy, the third on team, Brendan Botcher, who has been uh, pre-qualified for the 2024 Briar in Regina, joining us here tonight on 630 Chat Inside Sports. And what I do like, uh, Mark, is that men's and women's, so Briar Scotties, it's even. Everything is the same. I I do like that, finally. Uh, 18 teams, they're split into two pools of nine. Now, when we get to the playoff round, this is where the format kind of, makes my head oh, hurt a don't bit. make me try to explain it is that what you're gonna do no 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 no. Uh, i'm gonna try and back end this so you don't have to explain it but perfect you know i'm th- i'm thinking before the page playoffs begin is there one round we can get rid of and for me naturally i say do we need a page qualification or page seating round um to me that seems like a waste but then i, I think about the one before that and i'm going well, why does a team that finished first in a pool have to play an extra round? And uh, I don't know. Those are the two, those are the two uh, draws that kind of drive me nuts. So how would you explain that or how, what would you do if you had the, uh, had the choice here of, of how do you get to the page playoff system in a much more straight line way? Cause I don't know if the way we're doing it is is the right way.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, you know, you have to ask the powers that be, um, you know, one of the guys up there is an a, a Edmonton curler for a long time, Nolan Thieson, he's in charge of making right. some of these decisions. And I know that he's talked to a lot of curlers over the years to try to find the best format and, and they're still working on it. But as you mentioned, when you have the two pools of eight and you've got 16 teams, you could just take your top two from each pool. And go straight to the page playoff you could do that you know that's probably the simplest simplest and cleanest way but mm. it's the way they've done it is they're trying to get that third place team in into the playoffs as well and and, and i don't mind that because you could in theory go six and two in your round robin or sorry, um six and one, and you could be eliminated based on right. either your draw to the button or based on losing to the team that that's ahead of you, whatever the case is so that that's a little bit unfortunate, so the way they've done it now by getting three teams in each pool, you know you've given a, a team that's had a great round robin an opportunity to get into the playoffs, and then things get a little bit messy after that, but they Um, You know, without getting too deep into the weeds here, they did make a correction to the the seeding round games now where, um, you know, they are going to give the first and second place teams in the pool a little bit of an advantage. They're going to give them a second life to try to make it to the page playoff, whereas in the last couple of years, that second place team ended up on their last life right away in the playoffs. so that may have been a little bit confusing but they are they are continuing to listen to the athletes they are continuing to try to make improvements um and and this format coming up here in regina i think they've actually got it right um considering the amount of teams they have so so hopefully it uh hopefully it works out but the other side of that coin dave is the last six or seven years at the briar you are still getting your best team winning Regardless mm-hmm. of what format you've had, regardless of how they've changed some things you know the the cream is rising to the top almost every year um so you can't really argue everything they're doing. I think we just uh we'd like them to make it a little bit easier for the average fan to follow. I think that's a, a really important
2: part that may have been missed the last few years. yeah, that's a good explanation. I do understand from the from a curling Canada side of things too, there is a financial benefit as well, but you have to make it really, you know, streamline with the competitive uh the competitiveness doing does this make sense? And you know, the wild card game was it seemed like really cruel to to fly yeah. two teams in and one has to go home right away. I didn't like that, although no. you know it was better than the bronze medal game, which was ridiculous in my opinion. No one wanted to play that game, so it's no. a little bit more I, I, lack of a better term. There's more integrity here, and you understand. Hey, it's a business. Curling Canada is trying to make some money too, or you know the event organizers are trying to make some money. But you know, it, I think it's a little more streamlined to the competitive. Uh, you know, more of an integral competition. What you're seeing on on the rink or on the sheets that this means something, even though it's, you know, maybe uh, maybe something that we're not used to, but it's better than what they used to do
0: yeah no you've nailed it i mean there's a there's a lot of factors that they have to consider when they put these draws together um you know both from a business side as well as from a competitive curling side um the nice thing you know being one of the athletes that's kind of on the inside of things is there's constant communication and discussion on on how the sport needs to continue to change and grow and And, you know, guys like Nolan and and people at Curling Canada haven't been afraid to try new things. And I know there's going to be some announcements coming down the road about some changes to the Olympic trials. You know, they're they're willing to to do things a little bit differently for the athletes and to try to continue to grow the game and and get people to watch it. And, um, you know, you nailed it. The the Briar is a a massive event, and it means a ton to the athletes. And you want to maintain that integrity of the event um, while also, you know, growing the game and keeping all the business this side's um, top of mind as well. So, so there's lots to consider but I, I certainly uh, feel like it's moving in the right direction and, and feel pretty uh, excited for that upcoming Briar in Regina. I think it's going to be great.
2: But boy that bronze medal game was brutal though. That was terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not a lot of fun. I remember, uh, I think it was 2011, we were we lost um, the game to end up in the bronze game. Um, but uh, Nicole was pregnant with our youngest daughter, so I actually got the opportunity to get out of Dodge, and I didn't have to play in the bronze game. So Nice. It's, uh, yeah, lucky. <laughs> but it wasn't a lot of fun for guys over the years, so I'm glad they got rid
2: of that one as well. Yeah, for sure. Mark Kennedy joining us the third on Team Brennan and Botcher uh, joining us on six thirty chat in Inside Sports. Uh, Team Botcher pre-qualified for the Brier uh, in Regina this uh, for twenty twenty four. All right, so tell me about the life as a uh, of a curler in the offseason, where your season ended on a great note. You won the Champions Cup in the in the Grand Slam, and that that's awesome. So you've had what since what late April, early May season yeah. ended. Yeah. Here we are in July. So what does the off-season look like for a competitive curler, and where are you at now? Yeah, good, good question,
0: Dave. It's evolved a little bit over the years, but um, you know, we we've we won that event in May, which was a great way to go in the summer with a little bit of momentum a big part for competitive curlers in the summer there's two things one is the, is the training the fitness uh you know taking care of any injuries that you have because the, the season can be pretty long and grueling so that's definitely priority number one um the other side of it is the business side of curling so we're you know you try to secure your sponsors and your partners and to make sure that you've uh, got enough revenue coming in to can you, continue to compete and travel and you know go all across canada so that's a big part of the summer for a competitive curler at our level um and then you know, for our team, we've all got uh, we've all got kids, and they they are busy. My uh, my two girls just qualified for the Alberta Summer Games in Okotoks in triathlon, so every day oh, it's right either it's either swimming or biking or running. Uh, and I know Benny's Benny's two kids, his daughter um, is playing some competitive ball, and, and Brendan's four kids are busy. So you know, there's uh, there's a balance between our own curling and training and getting together as a team, but also you know making sure that uh, we're getting a lot of time with the family and because we are gone a lot during the winter these days it's uh, it's a big commitment to try to stay to collect those points and try to be competitive so um, we take the summers you know they're just a great opportunity to reconnect at home with the kids and the family and and uh you know we're all kind of in that boat and then we'll uh, we'll get back together here on the ice in uh, mid-august and uh get ready for another season and you know this off season for us was also an, a, an important one brett uh brett gallant and jocelyn just had their first baby so they're kind of in that oh, newborn stage as well so uh yeah it's it's a busy summer even though we're not on the ice but it's all uh, it's all for good reasons
2: well, as we finish up here, I think a really important accomplishment I feel is that you made, uh, you found a way to make Brendan smile more and, and giggle more <laughs> during games. And uh, well, when you got Benny on your team, I mean, it's kind of hard not to, I, but uh, I was just
0: going to say it. I was just going to say it. That certainly helps. You know, he was, uh, it was a great first year with Brendan really got to know him. He's uh he's an incredibly weighty guy and we really enjoyed playing with him. And, and, and part of our, Part of our commitment as a team here was to try to enjoy these four years. I know for Benny and myself, this is probably our last Olympic run. So, um, you know, as much as we want to win and be competitive, we also want to enjoy the people that we're playing with. So uh, we had a ton of fun last year. We had some great chemistry, which, you know, leads to lots of laughs. And we're looking forward to getting back out there and uh, having another great season
2: right on mark great to chat with you again Uh, congrats on being pre-qualified for the briar in 2024 and uh, all the best with your summer man we'll uh, talk to you soon awesome thanks for the time dave appreciate it have a good one mark kennedy the third for team brendan botcher uh, one of three teams pre-qualified for the briar uh, along with matt dunstone out of manitoba and the defending champion brad gushu Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl
1: from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30. Chad.
2: All right, one-one still National League, American League, top of the sixth. The uh, three fielders for the Toronto Blue Jays are in the game: Vladimir Guerrero, Whit Merrifield, and Bo Bichette. They're uh, in the field as the American League uh, are playing defense right now. They'll be up to bat here shortly, and uh, Kellen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. The uh, CertainTeed hotline, of course, brought to you by CertainTeed. Pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. 780 We have a text, and you have a little bit of news on that Pro Curling League.
1: Yeah. Uh. So Vic texts in and says that he missed seeing the Beard Clan at the Games of Commonwealth, and David, to say the least, uh, that one is from Vic. And, I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah. Talking about the David Beard interview, which uh, will be up in the next uh, five to ten minutes online on the podcast as soon as I, Excellent. you know, edit it up and throw it up there. So there we go. Uh, and thank you for that. He talked about this <laughs> pro curling league thing, Dave, from the mid '90s, and of yeah. course, uh, it always the semi-pro offshoots or pro offshoots of sports that we take for granted always just it fascinates me in that stuff, and the fact that. <laughs> Not only did the Pro Curling League exist in the mid-90s, but their marquee event was at West Edmonton Mall at the Ice Palace. Uh, it was titled the West Edmonton yes. Mall Classic held in the mid-90s. And there's video of this that exists on YouTube. I just pulled that up. Uh, if you look at a YouTube channel called Curling Legends, it's got the '96 West Edmonton Mall Curling Classic Championship Final with... Uh, I think it's Ed Wernick versus Kerry Burtnick. Is that sounding correct? So.
2: That, well, I'll take your word for it. I, I believe in the information you're disseminating here. So, there we go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Kellen. Yeah, curling is not meant to be in that format. No. In the current format. Of course not. That is what curling is for. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's do a quick recap here. Uh, the... New York Rangers re-signed Keandre Miller, defenseman. A two-year deal, cap it $3.87 million. Will that affect Evan Bouchard's deal? Could it be a $4 million deal when it's all said and done? We'll see what happens down the rest of the offseason whenever this deal gets done. Probably not until after they, uh, the Oilers settle with Ryan McLeod, who does have an arbitration hearing settled uh, or uh, supposed to be held sometime uh, either later this month or early in August. Edmonton Elks defensive end, A.C. Leonard is listed as questionable with a hamstring injury for Thursday's game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Look like uh, David Foucault, offensive lineman uh, who was bothered by a foot injury, uh, was a full participant. He should be good to go. For Kellen Kennedy, I'm Dave Campbell. Talk to you tomorrow night on Inside Sports.